Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leper gnome! I knew it! So hot! A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my ho- my co-host, Ridiculous Hat. Hello, Hat. How has your week been treating you? Wakanda. <laughs> it was Wakanda okay, sorry, tiring. I said, how has your Hearthstone week been treating you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I played that game. I think I did. It's... My week has been, for those that don't know, I work in a movie theater. We've had a busy week, though, all with the business was fine. But then this, uh, my building flooded on Saturday, which was unpleasant. Oh, no. Wait, your work building or your home yeah, building? Work. No work. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, not okay. That still sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> Oh, a water a heater burst <laughs> and dripped down nine floors. So that was unpleasant. Oof. Yeah, it was a very damp day, but Hearthstone, Hearthstone's fun right now, and uh, still, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm more looking at the future than the present, you know, still logging in, clearing my dailies and all that, but I am much more focused on the future than present. Format's fine, but I want to play with the new stuff, which comes in three weeks? Soon. Three weeks. Yeah, only a few weeks. Yeah, it's almost here. I have been playing uh, because I absolutely love the um, Jaina Death Knight, Frost Lich Jaina. Yes. And making all my elementals have lifesteal. Like, I just, I cannot lose with that deck because I just cannot die. (laughs) It's wonderful. You know, I never really put this together. Are you a mage person? Does that... You? I am a mage person. Yes, yeah. I like mage is the uh, was my second class to uh, gold. No, third. Sorry, third. I went hunter, paladin, mage. Okay, I I realize now that a lot of the decks you talk about liking and having fun and playing are mage. And it's like, just wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, I am actually a dirty mage player. I'm sorry. No, it's, you you seem fairly <laughs> hygienic. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> why thank you yeah (laughs) i think that's a compliment i mean i guess like dirty is is an insult but like hygienic is more a standard (laughs) there's something something about playing standard something joke here (laughs) there's a joke but like if you were on a date with someone who said well you look very hygienic today how much longer would that date last oh yeah that's true Like, it's not an insult, but I don't know if it's a compliment, at least not one that I want to get. Anyways, this is a di- digression. doesn't matter. You know who I bet is very hygienic is our, our wonderful patrons. 
Yes, over at patreon.com slash TAC. We are supported by those epic patrons and you can become one by going to patreon.com slash TAC. If you become a TAC patron, you get instant access to our amazing Discord server. And, you know, every once in a while, a super cool extra bonus podcast episode a little bit earlier than everybody else. Uh, Speaking of that super awesome bonus episode we did do a marvel snap episode it's been up for patrons for a couple weeks now but we just did put it on the main feed so if you're into marvel snap go and check that out we had a lot of fun um all i want to do is talk more about that but we have both said we are not starting another podcast and we're going to stick to it until we change our minds next week (laughs) next week's american thanksgiving maybe week after Maybe the week after. All right, then. <laughs> Wanted to say a very special thank you this week to Ardrick. Thank you so much for heading on over to patreon.com slash tack to support the show. Now, let's just jump right into it. Let's start talking about some cards. Good news, everyone. Oh, no. So we got some more cards in the last week, and this is the first we've kind of started to see the, the bundling of cards that aren't Death Knight cards. So we have a couple of neutrals to talk about, mainly just like legendaries, because some of these legendaries are crazy cuckoo bananas. And I couldn't like just let it go without talking about this this first one specifically. So uh, Bone Lord Frost Whisper is a neutral six mana six six undead minion with a death rattle that reads for the rest of the game. Your first card each turn costs zero. You die in three turns. <laughs> there's a there's twist. a there's a lot going on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a death rattle, not a battle cry. Uh, if you yep. double it somehow, you die after three turns twice. You don't get six turns. You just you you, you die, and then if you're still alive somehow, you die again. Um, which shouldn't really come up that much, but you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so if you play this on your turn and then you kill it, you obviously don't get a discount. It's, it's like uh, Caligos. It has to either die on your opponent's turn or it has to be it has to die on your turn without you playing any cards. So if you can trade into something with it. Um, and I imagine the way it works is that it's after you press end turn three times. So it's like if it dies during your current turn, then you should then you press end turn. That's one. If it dies on their turn, you take your turn. You have a zero mana card. You press end turn. That's one. And so it's after three end turn presses. That'd be my guess. Not informed, but my guess. Yeah, um, I, I think that sounds right to me, too. I'm sure we'll get corrected in chat room should that not be the case. But uh, yeah, I just thought like I read this card and I was like, no, that can't be what they mean. <laughs> It's wacky. But it's such a powerful effect. And like, so Caligos, the effect of the first spell you play this turn is zero mana was incredibly powerful. And this doesn't even restrict you to a type of card. It's literally you can play anything you want and it's free. And then you still get the rest of your turn. So the, you know, seven, eight, nine mana you have, but then you super die. Like (laughs) no take backsies. (laughs) Yeah. You are you are dead. There, it, that that is just someone. If you want to make sure games end sooner, this will get you there one way or another. It's gonna happen. The game will be over three turns after this dies. <laughs> Which I mean, for people who do really like short games or don't want to sit around and play against like a blood DK that wants to sit there for forty five minutes, 
just play Bone Lord and then you'll die. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I think if you play this, you want them to die, but like, you're, you're, you're going to get to move on pretty soon, one way or another. Yeah, exactly. One way or the other. And so it is a death rattle. So it is the kind of thing that like has to die for this effect to start happening. You probably want the effect as opposed to the 6-6, six, six, but if it lives, then you've just got a 6-6 six, six you can whack him in the face with. That also might end the game pretty quick. <laughs> yep. And things that normally don't cost zero that are good when they cost zero. Denathrius. Like, yeah, oh. The jailer. We are gonna we are gonna talk about Denathrius uh, multiple later times on tonight. today. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. come up a lot. Yeah, just <laughs> like is, standard. It is. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, you can play any number of things. A, a, a carrial hero or something. Uh, you know, it, this won't be around for Frost Chaina, but it would be fun if you could have a zero mana Frost Chaina. Uh, but you gotta play something that decides the game quickly in your favor. Because you don't really have time to wait here. So you need the things you play off this to be very impactful. It is a very difficult text box to evaluate because it does depend on can I kill people from mm-hmm. hand or rapidly with this kind of mana advantage. And there are some, like the Jailer, I think, is a card that stands out to me as something that's probably pretty good at ending games quickly if you get him down on turn seven. <laughs> I I can get behind that plan. I feel like you basically just like build your deck out of a few cards on the low end, but then you basically go six and then just like 10 mana, like bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> like you want to, I, I feel like you build this deck to take advantage of this effect and you can't do anything else because if you pull a card out that is useless at zero mana and not killing your opponent and not some giant bomb they can't deal with, then like you don't have the turn time to fix that problem (laughs) like those three draws are going to be so important it's a somewhat elegant way to give people some power if they want to work for it because if you want to wait to have the cards that you need in your hand if you build a deck that has a lot of answers or a slower strategy that needs a few different combo pieces and then you wait till you get them you play frost whisper you're slowing yourself down and saying you really have to do this on time and you're vulnerable to the significant volume of disruption that's in the format right now with six mana theater with patchwork with mutinous whatever um but if you build a really dense deck then you have a six mana six six with no taunt that you're playing on turn six with not a lot of early game and you can just get smacked around like you have to be uh, you have to not be super vulnerable to whatever they're going to do because the turn you play this you're just keeping the shields down just frost whisper go so i think there's some good tension here and it's a spooky text box but it takes some work to set this up, and I'm not immediately sure what the payoff is. And I think that's probably a good place to be for this kind of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay to have a, a difficult to pull off combo because you wouldn't want, especially because it's a neutral, you don't want this to be the kind of card that everyone is putting in their deck. And, you know, like you don't want this to define the format. But I think if there's one or two classes that can do some really cool stuff with it, that's the kind of, you know, interesting neutral design that I want to see. So I think this is this is going to be really interesting. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I just I I couldn't let this episode go by without specifically talking about this card because it's bonkers. Completely. It's a crazy text box. Yeah, they've had a few of those. I will say my biggest concern 
We're going to talk about Tanathrys again already. That's two. We're going to keep a Tanathrys <laughs> count. Um, is if it pulls out Kael'thas. If it just is for pulling out zero mana Kael'thas's and then we brand Denny, then that is three mana to brand Tanathrys. Because your Kael'thas costs zero, your brand costs three, your Tanathrys costs zero. Um, I don't want that. So I hope that we can find something more creative to do or that that's not good enough. Because if that is the thing that people do to enable last sets cards, then I, well, I mean, I'm hopeful that Denathrius gets changed if he's seen super frequently in the new expansion. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. You know what? We're going to save our Denathrius talk. I know. We're going to save it. I promise we will save it. We have an email. We will save it. We're going to bottle up our daddy issues. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Save it for the end of the show. Um, yeah, so Astalore Bloodsworn is the next neutral legendary I want to talk about. It's a two mana two two uh, with a battle cry that reads, add Astalore the protector to your hand. And this is one of the new mana thirst cards. So mana thirst four deal two damage. So the protector, so the next version up is a five mana five five. Add the flame bringer to your hand. Mana thirst gain five armor so these are more powerful he is a blood knight and so they get more powerful taking advantage of those mana like the having the more well. mana available to you yeah the sunwell um so then the flame bringer is like the final iteration battle cry deal eight damage randomly split between all enemies mana thirst 10 deal eight more um, so this is giving me like um, the Phoenix vibes. And now I'm totally blanking on the name of the card, Pyros. but the one that would. Yeah, Pyros, that's it. <laughs> yep. Or Pyros Build a vibes. Snowman is the same idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it just. Except I never get Build a Snowman off, and I'm so sad because there's an achievement for that, and no one will ever let me build my freaking snowman. <laughs> so do you want to build a snowman? I do want to build a snowman hat. And I could today. There's like 10 centimeters of um, four inches of snow on the ground. You can, you don't have to correct your units. <laughs> I'm doing it for your and most of the listeners' benefit. <laughs> it's, they can Google what a centimeter is. We learned that in school. <laughs> it's okay. It's, there's a bunch of snow up there in Canada. It's, if it's Canadian-only snow, you can measure in centimeters. That's a rule. I'm, I'm making is that it? rule. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. anyways, I could build a snowman today, should I wish to. <laughs> but not in Hearthstone, apparently, because everyone keeps killing them, especially the little one. Aw. Yeah. No, I'm sad. <laughs> anyway, <Right? laughs> we should talk about Manathurst a little bit, because a little funky. Um, so, Manathurst, it's it, Manathurst, a number, and a colon. If you watch the Ronky animation reveal video, which you should because it is really, really funny, as usual, um, you can basically see how Mana Thirst works. If you don't have the number of crystals in the parentheses, you, you take a Sharpie and you, and you write over all the Mana Thirst text. It doesn't happen. But it's important to note, Mana Thirst is typically not a battle cry. So uh, Astalor Bloodsworn, the base copy. Battle cry, add Astalor the Protector to your hand. Mana Thirst 4, deal 2 damage. If you play Bran Astalor on 5, you get 2 Protectors, but you only deal 2 damage a single time because the Mana Thirst is a separate ability. There is an exception. If a card says, If a card <laughs> says instead, that's the magic word. Mm -hmm. If it says instead, 
the battle cry is replaced by the bigger battle cry, you do double that one. So like there's a there's a healer card, Sunwell Clergy, where it's heal all friendly characters for three, mana thirst six, I think, heal them all for six instead. Because it says instead, you heal for six twice because it's taking the battle cry and replacing it with a new one. But usually, right. if you brand a, a mana thirst card, unless it says instead, you will not double the mana thirst portion. So, again, yeah, so again, the mana thirst is you don't have to spend that mana, but do you have to have all, like four? So this one is a mana thirst four in its smallest iteration. Yes. Do you have to have those four mana crystals like full? No. When you play the card? Okay. You just have, they to, have to have to those. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you're on turn three. And you coin this card out. It has mana thirst four. You coin it out. It does not. The mana thirst does not go off because you don't have four crystals. Temporary right. ones don't count. Okay. But if I like hero power and spend two and then play Astalor, his mana thirst will go off because I have four crystals. Yes. Does not care about what's in the crystals. Which you okay. think he'd be? He'd want to drink them, but no. Right. It's, <laughs> he's so yeah. he's so thirsty. <laughs> It's, I guess he's okay with the empty crystals. We're not going to dive into the lore here. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but it's, if you have that number of crystals, then it works. It's really just the number after the slash in the corner. As long as yeah. that number and this number are the same or bigger, then you're fine. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like, I don't know how much he'll actually see play, but I thought it was interesting design because it did remind me of Pyros and because it does use the new, um, the new keyword specifically and we haven't seen too many things like all the reveals so far have been very focused on death knight stuff we've seen some mana thirsty cards but mostly like this is the first like big one that i noticed anyways <laughs> that actually really takes advantage of this and and multiple times right because you start with a four and then uh what is it seven yeah four seven and then ten so you can play them earlier, but they get more powerful if you hang on to them for a couple turns. So what's your take on mana thirst? Like if I have an eight mana, eight, eight, do I want to, the deals eight damage that basically has a built-in avenging wrath. Do I want to hang on to that for the extra two turns to get 16 damage? Or is it probably better to just play it on eight and not take advantage of the, of the thirsty blood knight? <laughs> it depends magic word <laughs> it's it's gonna be contextual so i think usually speaking when we look at a card like this you include this in your deck if you need a threat and you have a bunch of mana and you have a bunch of time so on the death knight show match screen today which we're going to talk about a bunch uh in next little bit we saw this a ton especially in the blood dk decks because they don't have a lot of good ways to end games but they do have time so Asalor gives you three different things to do. If you brand it, it gives you a lot more. Those decks are going to wait because they really want the extra damage because they need a way to end the game. And they have plenty of ways to get the game to that point. If you're a druid, a ramp druid, for example, and you have the spare mana on turn two, just run this guy out there. You'll probably get more crystals along the way, but you want to take advantage if you're, if you're against a matchup that's maybe more aggressive. You just want to take advantage of the of the time that you have, of the card that you have, and just play these things on curve so that you can contest, so that you can do something. But if you're in a slower matchup, you can hold it. The The power and the flexibility here is that you can do what is best for you given the game state, uh, and players typically, they see value and don't want to leave it on the table. But if you end the game with this in your hand and you being dead, then it has no value. <laughs> 
Because the card in your hand, when you lose, is it does not have any value. So you can make that choice based on how much pressure the opponent is putting on you, how much time you have to end the game. If they play a Bone Lord Frost Whisper, I'm playing that 8 mana 8-8 eight, eight on 8 because right. I know that I don't have a lot of time or hopefully they don't have a lot of time or both. Well, yeah, nobody does. It's three turns and busts, so. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I thought that this was some really cool design, and then uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention, where did it go? It's up here, so there it is, the Foul Egg. It is uh, this expansion's egg. It's a one mana zero two death rattle summon an undead chicken. Oh no, it doesn't, wait, where's the chicken? Where's the token? Where's the token? <laughs> this is some bullshit. That's what this is. I'm so is. upset right now. I'm a very angry chicken. <laughs> okay. So there's a, I, I found a Twitter link. It's called Foul Foul. It's, you know, with the, with the joke and the spelling that you can probably figure out. And there we go. <laughs> hat, hat saves the day. I do love that it still has some feathers. <laughs> I thought he was going to be all skeleton, which also would have been acceptable and hilarious. <laughs> so I'm on board with either design. But yeah, so it is a 3-3. Uh, a uh, Undead Beast. So another one of these uh, dual minion type cards that we're seeing um, thanks to the new expansion. So uh, yeah, we're getting it. We're getting an egg. Do you think we're going to see undead egg decks <laughs> i don't know if you can really make an egg deck but with grimoire of sacrifice around i'll never count out eggs mm. like it's it's just warlock in general is pretty good at that and we have seen some of the shaman cards are pretty death rattle focused might be some yes. way to take advantage of that uh if you use minion buffs in paladin which we've also seen you might be able to take advantage of that there are a lot of different ways to 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 make an egg there's <laughs> a saying there right maybe <laughs> something about cracking eggs to make some i can't do something without breaking some I, eggs i don't know There's my brain's something not functional there. this week but i feel like there is an, a well-known uh like egg related <laughs> platitude there uh but yeah i mean like a can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs that's it that's there the one there you go <laughs> There's more than one way to skin an egg. Love it. Thank you, Tazzatorn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, like all chicken-related um, reasons aside, I mean, you're paying one mana for, you know, three, five in stats. If you are a deck that can buff minions or take, like, advantage of death rattles and or undeads and or beasts, you know, that's a lot of and ors. I feel like we might actually be seeing some eggs. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad we brought this up. You didn't even want yeah. to mention this card. I thought it was just fan service. You know what? I, we're here for the fans. That's what we are here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about Blood Decay because when we did our show last week, we hadn't seen any of the blood, or we hadn't seen very many of the Blood Decay cards. I think we had two or three Blood Decay cards. We had a few, but the way that they did the reveals, the our show was the day before. All the blood reveals we'd seen yeah. the um the frost and the unholy the frost ones and unholy and yeah yeah we'd seen most of them but we hadn't seen the at least the four that we have in the screen here Alexander Smograin, Soul Stealer, Bone Guard Commander, and Soul Breaker. Um, we had a few of the core ones and a few of the path ones, but only three from the expansion, I believe. 
Yeah, I think we'd seen uh, Vampiric Blood because I remember talking about the the three rune blood cards specifically. But uh, I think, yeah, this is this is the one I wanted to start off with tonight is uh, Alexander Alexandros Mograine, who is a seven mana, seven, seven, a three blood rune card. So this is for blood DKs only, unless you somehow discover it in one of the other DK decks. Uh, Battle cry for the rest of the game. Deal three damage to your opponent at the end of your turns. If you brand this, is it six? Okay. It's three twice, so yes. It is three. Tw- okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was three twice or if it would just overwrite the first three with the next three. <laughs> nope. It's, uh, it's two, so it's additive. <laughs> two triggers. Well, it's, it's, it gives you another end of turn trigger that deals three. You end up with two of those. Uh, the same way that, like, yeah, if you brand a quest reward or whatever, same kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, if you're against a carryal, they will take two twice, because it's three divided by two rounded up. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, so, this was originally revealed as a 3-7, and then it was posted that it was a 7-7. Seven, 7-mana seven. Seven 7-7. Seven, seven. What is your thought on this card? How did you react to this text box when you saw it? Um mixed (laughs) okay so like initial gut reaction is like i don't like things i can't do anything about so just like even if i kill this out like it's not an aura effect it's a battle cry so it happens and even if you deal with the seven seven it's still going to keep happening for the whole rest of the game and that kind of makes me feel a little bit but um that being said it is Three damage. Now, six damage obviously is a twice as fast clock. Three damage is not necessarily the end of the world. I prefer something like this than like curses, you know, that ramp up like this isn't like three, four, five, six, you know, whatever. And and three a turn, I think, is a is a reasonable clock. Um, but the only thing it like but you don't have to do anything for it, right? You have to play a seven mana seven seven. But then like you don't have any other mana cost or, you know, card debt that you have to pay or, you know, it's just a thing that happens. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't I don't know. So, like, it makes me feel bad, but I don't know if that means it's OP and unbalanced. <laughs> Look at you with the nuance. It's, I mean, right? Because <laughs> that in the initial impression of this text box is like, it's a quest reward that you don't have to do a quest for. Or what the hell? But, like, if you think about how long this takes... To do things, it takes a while, right? It's this is a a, a Firelands Portal or a Blaze Caller after about two turns uh, deals five, six damage. Blaze Caller equivalent. Um, it's good. That's a good thing to do. But keep in mind, you're in Triple Blood. You have no other way to end games. Yeah. If the game goes till turn nine, it is a seven mana seven seven that deals six to the enemy's face. That's a it's a decent card, but it's not one that needs to be nerfed. If the game goes longer than that, I'm assuming the other player is okay with it going longer too, because if you're still there past turn 10 or so, you both got to be playing long game decks because the average length of a Hearthstone game is around eight, nine turns. So if if you both want to be there, if you're a priest, you just hero power, just one damage a turn. Like, is that a big deal? Yeah, I guess the, 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 the big deal or whatever, like you can, you have that healing hero power counterplay always available to you but then you also have eight mana a turn right 
Sure. <laughs> you can make the call as to what you want to do. I think that people will really enjoy playing with this card. And I think that anyone that feels like, if you feel like you're losing to this card, you're probably losing to the Blood Knight, Death Knight not being dead and you running out of stuff. And this mm. is a symptom of that. And it's a way for the game to actually wind down after they run you out of stuff so you don't just have to wait for them to do nothing for a while. But it's not a defensive card. And in the context of Triple Blood, there's not a lot of pressure going on there. So th this only deals a lot of damage if the game takes forever. And if the game takes forever, then you probably lost it before this In match. other ways, yeah. Before yeah. it was, You didn't lose because of this. It's like, mercifully, the game is over because of this card. <laughs> I, think I think so. Yeah, like... The the three blood rune deck building condition, I think, is a really important one to point out because it's not one that we're used to talking about when evaluating cards. I think we, you know, at least me, I very much keep looking at these cards going, oh, man, Death Knight's so powerful. And it's like, wait, one very specific Death Knight. And in this case, it's triple blood, which means it's going to be a very controlly deck. And there's, you know, all of these restrictions and everything else. Like you can't do this in the Frost Mage or Frost Death Knight. Can't <laughs> do it neither. Can't do it in Frost Mage either. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a very specific deck that this goes into. And I think it really showcases the strength of this mechanic because they can make powerful cards knowing that they'll only be played in one very specific type of deck, except for those like super edge case scenarios where you generate it somehow. But I think I'm also OK with that happening, too. Like this is just a potential high roll. If the deck that you're playing that discovers this can even figure out a time to play it within your normal, you know, whatever your deck is trying to do. So it's the kind of thing that like. Yes, sometimes people will high roll into this and get to play it. Rogues too. Yeah, rogues steal everything. So <laughs> just, everything is an asterisk rogue card. Yeah. <laughs> I reserve the right to be salty if this gets generated in Shadow Sept a couple times. Like uh, it, if that happens, you don't have to you don't have to be happy about it. You're allowed to be mad about it. It's you know. But I mean, I expect the number of times that's going to happen to be extremely minimal to the point that I'm expecting to see it happen on ladder and go oh, wow, that was cool <laughs> because I know the next rogue I see is probably not going to get this. So, you know, like it's not the kind of thing that's going to be um, consistent in any way except in a triple blood death night. And I think that that is OK then and, and balanced because, like you said, they don't have access to a whole lot of other cards and all of the burn requires at least one of the other runes. And you can't build a deck that has burn and something like this in it as well. So I, I think I really like the rune deck, the rune deck building restrictions because it lets them do powerful, fun stuff like this without breaking the class on release so i think this is again initial thought was oh i don't like this but then the more i thought about it i'm like oh but it's actually probably fine <laughs> and the players that like grinding their opponents into dust the people that live for this kind of control effect this is an excellent design because they want the game to go on longer but if you are the kind of player that likes attrition and wait it out 
every single end of turn trigger where you see the sword swipe across them, just a little shot of happiness right in the center of your control (laughs) player brain. You just get to see visually them being ground down. So the people that want to do this sort of thing, this is exactly the way to do it. But also I don't think that it's going to warp the meta or be problematic in terms of win rate or play pattern. Mm-hmm. So we're just rewarding the people that like this without really punishing the people that don't all that much. Yep. I think that's a, a fair and balanced assessment. <laughs> Look at us. Um, fair I and know, balanced. right? <laughs> uh, I had another card here that I don't see, and it because might it's be not maybe a Path of, Path yes. of Arthas. Okay. I believe it is a Path card, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. There, there it is. It is. <laughs> Blood tap. <laughs> uh, so this is a two mana shadow spell. Give all minions in your hand plus one plus one or spend three corpses or I guess and spend three corpses uh, to give them plus one plus one more. So um, blood DK hand buff card. Yay or nay. So there are a few of these. There, there are a few like hand buffy cards. Now, this is very good on rate. Right, like this is a conditioning that you can play before that. Dark Fallen Neophyte as well uh, is a three mana single rune, two five, battle cry, spend two corpses to give all minions in your hand plus two attack. Uh, like I think this card is very, very good. And Blood Tap, it, it's a double rune card, so it's a little harder to use, but the rate is really strong on it if your hand is full of minions. It's also a direction that we have not seen explored as much with Blood because it's not immediately obvious. And Blood Tap being double Blood confused me a bit, because in single blood, you throw it with double and holy and you're in business. I'm guessing they wanted that to be a little tougher to do because a, a condition yeah, for plus I two don't... plus two on turn two would be probably too much, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like um, something that could buff a double unholy hand because unholy, if you guys don't remember, unholy is the Death Knight version that really tries to go after like the minion based, corpse based type stuff it's very board floody and everything else so if you could if this only had one blood rune and you could you know buff up a a two rune unholy hand i feel like that would be way too powerful and again we're coming back to these rune conditions where they can make a more powerful effect because it's in a you know mostly blood deck like we're leaning in the blood direction not like in the control in the you know maybe i want to give my mid to late game minions an extra couple of of attack and health we're kind of leaning in that direction as opposed to like i'm gonna flood the board with stuff really early when plus two plus two makes a really big impactful difference so I think that, um, that, again, we're coming back to that um, rune deck building restriction really coming into play and allowing them to make powerful cards because you can't really pair those really powerful unholy cards with the really powerful blood cards. So I like this. It's I think this is going to be more of a deck building challenge in a way that we like this isn't the kind of thing that you can just throw together a deck from scrolling through the spoilers and know what it looks like without clicking through a bunch of cards. Uh, I do expect this will not get paired with Frost very much. This is definitely a single unholy. This is an unholy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know how this deck is going to look. And I think it's interesting that they can give us this package that encourages us to go click around without it being immediately obvious how that's going to look or play or if it's going to work at all, which I'm not sure it will be. Um, but the... 
great here if you get it to work. We know conditioning at plus two plus two is a good card. We know that. So we haven't seen it in a little while because Warrior hasn't really been able to take advantage of that. Will DK be better at it and will this come online sooner? Yeah, I feel like um, the three corpses, again, that really having that one rune available to throw some of the single unholy cards in um, kind of allows you to get some corpses earlier than maybe a, a triple blood deck would traditionally be. Because, again, um, you have your hero power to generate corpses as a death knight, but uh, you don't necessarily have a lot of corpse generation if you're one of the two class. If you're <laughs> one of the two classes, if you're blood or uh, frost, you don't necessarily have that early game corpse generation the same way that unholy does. So, yeah, it's um, they're They are going to make a lot of very interesting um, potential combinations. And I think some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be bad. And I think the more things you try to cram into one deck, the worse it's going to be, which I think is pretty good. You know, like the the one blood, one frost, one unholy is probably shite and we should not be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's it, choices, right? Yes, you make choices. clear choices. <laughs> you can really identify what you're what you're choosing to do and not do, and you can pretty clearly feel how it impacts your game when you go and play. Uh, that's that's important, and it's relevant and helpful to have that in the game in a clear way of how do my decisions impact my results. And knowing how that happens is really really important for giving players the feeling of agency. And the rune system very clearly has that before you play a single game, you know what your decisions are. And then when you get into the game, say, man, I wish I had that second and holy rune so I could play this other card that I had to scroll past. Then you get to decide, like, how far into hand buff do I want to be? Is this a trap? Is this blood trap? Blood trap? Blood tap? You're not, you're not going to give me yeah, anything. And, and, well, I mean, come on, hat. You could do better than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Just It seems to segue so nice with my point. <laughs> uh, are there any other blood cards or death knight cards that you want to chat about before we move on and and talk about some some shaman warlock paladin things yeah there's one sire denathrius it's <laughs> so okay it's not a blood card <laughs> so it it infuses it's blood adjacent right it's it's anima. well yeah i mean it's it is red anima so <laughs> so today and tomorrow there was a Death Knight exhibition show match. Eight hours today, eight hours tomorrow. They just finished long cast. Garrett and Slissa are casting it. We know them. They're cool. Go watch it. Go cheer in the chat. Yay, Garrett and Slissa, yay. It's, 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 <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to type that out. Well, Slissa actually has an emote that does this. So just get yes. her Slissa hype emote going. <laughs> it's, uh, audio listeners, Joss was uh, putting her arms over her head and waving them back and forth. Uh, because like I just can't... don't care. <laughs> Ex exactly. She she definitely looked pretty indifferent. Um, <laughs> so we watched eight hours of Death Knight gameplay today. Well, I mean, we didn't sit here and watch it for eight hours. Joss had to work. I had some stuff going on. Um, but we, I caught some of it. You caught some of it. Uh, I think we can safely say this is not Day One Demon Hunter. Not. It's not. It's not. It's super not. Cards are good. This is not Day One Demon Hunter. And if you were there, you know what that was like. This ain't that. We're gonna be fine. Uh, for those that weren't there, oh boy, it was something. So, um, but I will say the games were on the slower side. They were a little grindier. 
A big part of that is the format. So there were three different teams, Team Blood, Team Frost, Team Unholy. There were four players per team. One player had to be triple of that rune. One player had to be two of that rune, Frost, uh, two of that rune, one of the others. The other, the third one had to be two of that rune and the other other. The other other, yep. <laughs> so like two Unholy, one Blood, two Unholy, one Frost. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Uh, and then the fourth was the wild card. They could just, as long as they had at least one, they could do whatever they wanted. Um, so the games were slower and grindier because, first of all, it's only Death Knights. Second of all, you'd probably never play an aggro deck in this format because you know at least half of your opponents are going to be Blood DKs. And that's not fun. So we really didn't see a lot of aggressive stuff going on. Mm-hmm. In the tournament, Frost and Unholy are neck and neck. Frost is ahead by one point. The Frost players... All four of them are in this, on the leaderboard up to in first through seventh place. I think they're first, third, fourth, and seventh. Before a single blood player. The bottom five is blood, blood, and holy blood, blood. But again, <laughs> there's no aggro to feast on, mm-hmm. so blood underperforms. Those games also go for a while that the games took a bit. But, you know, it was it's really dynamic and interesting gameplay. It's very difficult to summarize eight hours of play here. Other than I want to go play some Death Knight now because it looked fun. I don't know about you, but like, which is the whole point of of these show matches, right? Is to get you excited about the next expansion to, you know, show off what's coming and and to make you want to play. So I think, you know, tick, 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 they did what they wanted to do. And I think it is just, um, it's important, I think, to see how the cards play and to want to go play with them while remembering that. This is Death Knight versus Death Knight versus Death Knight with very specific restrictions on the decks that they're building. And uh, yeah, there did not seem to be a restriction that was don't play Denathrius, though, or Theotar. We saw both of those today, but um, we're going to talk about that later. We are <laughs> again, we are. but uh, but yeah, I think it's really important to remember slash understand that that's not what ladder is going to look like because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people testing things out and and playing um, DKs. On, I keep wanting to say demon hunters, and that's wrong. These are death knights, <laughs> so people are going to want to play death knights on day one. Um, but there's you know still the ten other classes to uh to have some fun with as well so the latter is not going to be just this show match this is just showing us you know the different ways that d um dks can play you you almost did it again i heard it i heard it i, I seen know it. i know yep. i know and it's it doesn't help do. that like and in the show notes there's a note that says cards look good and not dh level broken and that is right in the middle of my sight line right now <laughs> so <laughs> So I will also point out a couple other things, though. First of all, Meaty had a turn with Triple Frost where he dealt 23 damage on turn 8. I liked that turn. I would like to do that. Um, <laughs> so there's some power Which is there. What Frost, what Frost is meant to do, right? Like Frost is supposed to be very quick and very burny. But if they like their weakness, I would think would be if they don't, you know, draw their stuff quickly enough or, you know, like they're going to have some drawbacks that they can brick. <laughs> like mo- like it's it's almost like feels kind of like an aggro spell deck <laughs> as opposed to an aggro minion deck. So tempo <laughs> Which mage, I kind like of Mana like. Worm Tempo Mage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love Mana Worm Tempo Mage. I love Miracle Rogue where you just, you hit him with the Eviscerate in turn five. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's I'm I'm so here for it. Uh, we're going to, if we get invited back to Theorycrafting, that's, that's the first deck I'm playing is Triple Frost. Um, 
if we don't, then the first deck I'm playing on day one is Triple Frost. <laughs> but Triple Frost will be played. <laughs> I will say there were also a couple issues that we want to allude to. First of all, the uh, the, the Scourge, I think the name of the card is the Scourge, the nine mana unholy legendary that fills your board with random undead, and the Sunwrecked were both played in a lot of decks. Uh, and I don't know if it was intentionally to make a bunch of new stuff that we hadn't seen yet, but I was surprised that they were okay with the whole set being in there because a lot of cards were leaked today. 17 mm. unrevealed cards were leaked today. Yeah, do, do we call it a leak? It, like, prematurely revealed. Uh, I get, Yeah, maybe... Um... <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. As, <laughs> that was going places. I am pulling it back. So I appreciate <laughs> I your professionalism. Like, Don't want that to just squirt out there. God. <laughs> what? <laughs> if it's something on the official play Hearthstone show match, they had to anticipate that some cards were going to be shown that maybe potentially. Uh, had not yet been released. Um, and I think that it's probably better or at least expected. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's just like it's another marketing tool. It's another bonus to doing a show match, I, I would think. Yeah, it's, I don't think that they're just they're sitting there in office like we had no idea people would generate cards in Hearthstone. Like, I assume <laughs> that they How were aware. How dare they? Yeah. And Celestalon <laughs> in chat. Hi, Slusslon. Thanks for being here. Uh, saying that it, because the reveals are package-based, a card here or there out of context didn't feel like a huge deal to them, that they were okay with the risk. And I I think that's a great point that you made about it's kind of a bonus to tuning in is that you get to see mm -hmm. these things, except they get instantly posted on the news sites, whatever, so you don't even have to tune in. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I just I don't know how I would feel if I was one of the creators that went to reveal these cards and a couple of them have already been seen. Because I know that some of these... There, like the there's a there. I'm not going to speak to specifics, but there's there are a few packages that I can pick out of the cards that were uh, prematurely revealed. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can tell that a couple of those are going to be revealed together. And so, if someone got four cards to show off and then two of them dropped today, like I don't know how I would feel about that as the creator, but it probably wouldn't be a great feeling. It'd probably be um. A, more negative one i i think uh, personally and again this is my own opinion so you know like uh, other creators may vary after this i'm going to ask you for other people's opinions <laughs> thank you um but yeah I, I feel like um because of the way they're doing reveals this season with things being kind of a package deal even if you can guess what the theme is from you know one or two cards that are seen in a show match like this i think that I would still be excited because I think it just builds up excitement for my reveal because I know I'm going to get to reveal, you know, three to five cards. Right. And if a couple are leaked, people could just then look at my reveal and be like, oh, my God, this is the hand buff reveal or this is the, you know, the the death rattle unholy something, whatever, you know, like it's it's building hype it's like a teaser because you you're getting those cards totally out of context which is like every other reveal we've ever had and creators mm -hmm. have had like one card at a time right 
So this way, it's like we always like had this anticipation and really wanted to know what the support would be like when we would see super cool and powerful cards. So now you get to be the creator that talks about the support for the cool card that got, you know, leaked in the show match. Like, I think I would be totally fine with this. Like, I'm yeah, I'm down. I think from a creator perspective, I would be excited that my reveal was teased almost. You convinced me. That was very persuasive. I, I oh, like I like that framing a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's because now the comparison that you have made in my head, given the week that I've just had, is like the <laughs> playing the scourge and seeing a card we haven't seen before is like the after credit scene in a Marvel movie, and then you get to show the movie when you're the creator, and people are like, "Oh, I remember that guy." Okay, you can you convinced me. You know what? Yeah. I'd be happy too. Okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah. I mean, I totally get the other perspective of like, this is my thing, but it's not the only thing anymore, right? Like it used to be you had a card and there yeah. were times where your one card was leaked through whatever, you know, nefarious means and then you, your reveal was spoiled. But I think when creators are getting to reveal a package, it it lessens that sting a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's really cool. So I'm I'm glad that they... Took the risk, put it that way. I wouldn't have wanted to see like DK cards totally removed from their environment. Like yeah. we already have them removed from ladder in that we're only seeing Death Knights playing Death Knights. So I wouldn't have wanted it like restricted even further to only have currently revealed like some build of Hearthstone, which only had the currently revealed cards available to be generated and stuff like people want to see these cards in the environment they're going to be played and they want to see how powerful the scourge can be right you don't want to you know have the scourge only summon a couple of little not so great minions because most of the set hasn't been revealed yet right so i think this was the right call in in my personal opinion <laughs> i think your opinion is the correct one i like yours so i'm going to take that one and get rid of mine <laughs> perfect <Yeah. laughs> um, however i think we can share one final opinion uh Blizzard, please hire better moderators for your Twitch chat. It was bad. Uh, the the it, players were people were were being moderated for talking about like player skill. I guess like it's it's there were there was someone that tweeted that they got banned for for saying they didn't like Meaty's deck. Um, but then Ooh, a lot I saw of, that ban happen yeah. and I was like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> but then also. Anytime a woman was on stream, it was um, free Twitch for chat. All. Well, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily want to say a free for all because I there were quite a few times where I would see so and so has been banned before I even saw messages. So like I know that there were some people trying to keep up, but like I don't know, think ahead <laughs> it's a little more next time, ban more words, I time out more people. I don't know. I just. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was as it always is pretty terrible to women. So other games have figured this out. So there must be something that they're doing that we're not yeah. doing it. And I would like to do the good thing. Do the thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you if you go to a Valorant stream or whatever, like that chat is well curated I, and mm -hmm. they have 40,000 people watching. I want more like that. Um, it's not easy, but I think it's important for inclusivity. Uh, which, you know, when you're when you're trying to get people into the game, you don't want the chat to keep them from being able to engage. And 
there's some opportunity. There. Which it absolutely does. I mean, this has been a problem since, you know, Hearthstone and Twitch were a thing, right? Like, this is not a new yeah. problem. Um, and I don't engage at all <laughs> in any chats that have to do with Hearthstone esports or these show matches or anything else. Like, <laughs> I just sit and lurk. And most of the time, I don't even have chat open because I don't want to see that stuff. And, and that doesn't feel great. So... Yep, uh, though this time around it was a, it, everyone was allowed to stream their own perspective as well in their individual mm. channels, uh, as Daps Lauren was mentioning in the chat. I went to a couple of them. I went to Candelope's chat. He was having a good time. Uh, and, you know, that's a that's a much different experience. Smaller, uh, the streamer gets to curate them themselves. Uh, it's it's nice vibe, and I'm glad they were able to do that because you could see everybody's perspective, everybody's conversation, yeah. everybody's local community, in addition to the main cast. Um, so I thought that was really fun. I did find it kind of funny that it, it seemed like a lot of viewers didn't realize that the that people were streaming to their own chats because obviously they're streaming. So they're sitting there talking to chat room, talking through their plays and whatever. And like the main Hearthstone channel was like, who are they talking to? What is going on right now? Like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like they're talking to their chat room. Guys, calm down. Every. <laughs> Every big Hearthstone streamer is crazy. They talk to themselves very, very yes. vocally and animatedly. Yeah. <laughs> animatedly. <laughs> is that a word? All right. That's a word. It is now. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. Okay. Uh, first, I need to get out of Path of Arthas and back into March of the Lich King because we're going to... So we're not going to talk about the... the um, reveals where we've only seen like one card. We're going to talk about the packages. So... Uh, let's talk about Shaman first, because we had kind of alerted, alluded to this one a couple times tonight. Um, we've seen quite a few, well, I mean, six Shaman cards, <laughs> including the Legendary, which is uh, an undead Murloc, which is super fun. Uh, so Rotgill has a, is a five mana, three, six undead Murloc has a battle cry. Give your other minions death rattle give your minions plus one plus one um and this is kind of a theme that we're going to see through shaman is granting death rattles to your minions which then kind of synergizes with the scourge troll which is a one mana one three undead uh death rattles given to this minion trigger twice so there's some kind of cool death rattle synergy-ness there um and yeah, I think this is a I, I really like this this package uh reveal stuff because we've got so uh we've got Rotgill the the legendary, the Scourge Troll kind of like payoff card. We've got a uh, three mana spell Shadow Suffusion that gives your minions uh death rattle deal three damage to a random enemy. And then we also have the Death Weaver Aura, which is give a minion death rattle summon two, three, two zombies with an overload of one. So like we've got all of these give your minions death rattle kind of cards and we can see the payoff right away from the troll. Right. So I, I think this is so cool. And Shaman can flood the board with stuff pretty quickly. So I can see these cards being quite impactful. It's it just looks it just looks fun. So it's yeah. like a fun <laughs> bunch of stuff to do. It's the this feeling of like voodoo and shambling undead minions that are constantly coming to to back and over and over again and you have this board after board after board. And something that I think the Hearthstone team figured out a while ago now is that if you don't have damage from hand, 
then you can probably let stats get pretty wacky. They can be huge numbers because you can just push them off the board and then these cards don't do a lot, but if you let them keep the board, then they do an awful lot and you can make boards over and over again as long as they're not killing you out of nowhere. Yeah, it creates a really interesting tension. We all thought that Imp Warlock was going to need multiple nerfs immediately when Nathria started. They had to, like, I'm glad they made Vile Library nerf. Or worse. But that was the only card they ever touched in Imp Warlock, and, like, it's solid. It's a decent deck, but it is far from unbeatable, even though it puts out really big numbers over and over and over again. Uh, if you're not killing people with them right away, then you can give people a second to deal with it, and you let to make the cards more powerful. So... This just looks like a bunch of really synergistic uh, cards that's hard to get off the board. Bloodlust payoff is definitely there, but the the video reveal of Rotgill, it's it's basically all of your minions when they die, they buff your other minions. So trading in a couple small things into a taunt to make them bigger, and then killing the taunt and then going face with your suddenly huge board, I'm about it. It's like a reverse defile. Hmm, that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, yeah, and I think uh, chat room has been pointing it out, and I think that this is probably immediately where everyone's head goes to is put it in, like, putting together a Shaman Murloc deck. There's already a powerful Murloc package in Shaman, and because we've got, again, these dual minion types in the um, the Legendary is both an Undead and a Murloc, there are Undead synergies here, there are Murloc synergies in a potential like Murloc Shaman deck, so I think there's... A lot of really cool stuff that you can do because, and it's kind of enabled by that dual minion type um, card, uh, flag card designation tag. tag. There yes. you go. <laughs> and also, you have a lot of infused synergies, so you know what you can put in mm, here. Oh God, no, Merlocula. No. <laughs> okay, good. What do you I think was I was going to say, say? I am, I am topping out at five mana. I am not going to ten. <laughs> no, Merlocula and Famish Fool. I do mm. think Denathrius memes aside. No, <laughs> it's okay. I said aside. We're putting them aside. <laughs> aside. Um, okay. <laughs> this set does seem to support the infused cards that didn't see as much love because undead and infused go together really, really well, and a lot of infused cards. Decks didn't have the 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 bodies, and we yeah, got nothing yeah, but bodies here. Yeah, little token generation. So yeah. I expect a ton of decks to be playing famished fool because we need draw and we have minions that die over and over again. We need the cards, so I would not be surprised to see a lot of them. And Merlocula fits really well here because we want to play a lot of bodies and we want to play Murlocs, and it's a free Murloc that's happier when our stuff dies. So mm -hmm. it seems like a really natural fit. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Famished Fools, 5 mana, 3, 5, uh, Battlecry, draw a card. But if you infuse 4, you draw 3 instead. So very right. much want to infuse, but can be hard to do. I was like, I just didn't have it to pull up on the screen because it's it's a, um, a Nathria card. Yeah. And Merlocula is the 4 mana, 3, 4 with lifesteal. And if you infuse it 4 times, it costs 0 instead. Yes. I yeah. mean, everyone knows Merlocula. <laughs> Famish Fool been around? Been around? <laughs> so yeah it's, uh, any, it anything fun. else you want to yeah you want to talk about with uh with shaman because there are a couple of other um taunty death rattly cards that we got but uh i think the main synergy is is around giving your minions death rattles and then getting that payoff yeah i'm curious if we have four cards left here so we do have package reveals but i'm curious to see 
we we've gotten all of Paladin so far, which we'll talk about in a second here. And Paladin, it's there's definitely like a distinct delineation, but you can put the cards together. And here I see there's definitely uh, an undead thing going on, and there's mm-hmm. definitely a death rattle thing going on. I wonder how much the remaining cards overlap. Because package reveal could mean completely separate thing to do that doesn't go together, or could mean something that fits into this deck. And the cards that we see here, I would put all of these in the same deck. So the last four, I wonder if they will be similar, or if they'll be something else entirely. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we'll have a better idea next expansion <laughs> once we yeah. know what package reveals really look like. Because right now, we just really don't know, so... Um, we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see, but, uh, speaking of Paladin, let's, let's jump to Paladin next because we do have all of the Paladin cards, all 10 Paladin cards. So there's kind of a dragon theme and then there's a paying your own life theme, which I thought was kind of interesting because it's not a thing you normally think of in Paladin. Paying your own life is a very warlocky thing. But um, I think like it fits because they have so much healing available. Like I think it, it, or maybe it works in the class. And also, again, you've got like death nighty feels, right? Which are very like, again, I feel like paying your own life to become more powerful is a very like blood elfy blood knight thing. And we actually had clarity on that from Celestalon, who had a tweet thread today with hashtag behind the cards, which I'm going to keep open in a tweet deck column, uh, because lots of behind the scenes conversation around the design of these cards. So he said specifically a big goal for us with Pal in this set was to highlight the Blood Knights, the Palins of the Blood Elves, not to be confused with Blood DKs, unrelated, um, that they approach swinging the light in a different way and don't ascribe to the altruism of other paladins. We wanted to reflect that by pushing outside the norm of what style of mechanics paladin usually gets with things like self-damage and health costs, etc. So I, I really, really like the, the blood elf cards because they feel almost warlocky, but not quite because they're about things like divine shield and attack buffs. Mm-hmm. But... It definitely is more of like a, a demon hunter warlock space. It feels pretty fresh. It feels pretty different. Yeah. So Blood Knights very much are so as opposed to other paladins and priests who kind of um, pray to the light and ask the light, um, Blood Knights control the light and subjugate it. It's a very different approach (laughs) to power (laughs) same source different approach and uh, so I really like that they have found a way to incorporate that kind of darker side of paladins from warcraft lore and that it isn't just all you know praise the light sort of thing um, and I think that they've really done a good job of that. And I'm glad that Celestalon is is making a thread and I hope that he, you know, continues it on once we've seen all of the um all of the different classes and the kind of interpretation. Cause I think it's really interesting to see the team's interpretation of these kind of Warcraft lore moments. And uh yeah, I think that we've got a lot of interesting cards here. So why don't we talk about those um dealing damage to yourself for a power boost cards? 
So we've got uh, Seal of Blood. Give a minion plus three, plus three in Divine Shield, but deal three damage to your hero. Um, we've got uh, one mana, two, one Sanguine Soldier, Divine Shield, Battle Cry, deal two damage to your hero. So again, lots of like, lots of damage. <laughs> and uh, Blood Crusader, uh, six mana, five, five, Battle Cry, your next Paladin minion this turn costs health instead of mana. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> Definitely Spooky. warlock. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's I the something something large is going to come down pretty early. Yeah, with Blood Crusader. And yeah, and I, I thought I, there was like, one more. Yep, and Feast and Famine here as well. I think is pretty fascinating. It's a card that is uh, like I mean, it's kind of self damage adjacent because it's hero healing. It's one mana paladin spell. Give your hero plus three attack this turn. Mana thirst four. And lifesteal. This is like, this is demon huntery, mm. but in a way that it, Paladin has not done this before. Really, of here, like a hero attack buff with lifesteal, but it also makes a ton of sense when you're paying life constantly and then getting it back. It's it feels almost vampiric in a way, uh, but it's but it's also on brand with what the blood elves do. So. I don't know if this card in particular is going to see play, but I think it's fascinating how they're playing around with the space and managed to make it work. And also, all of the really inexpensive Paladin cards, I don't play a lot of Paladin. I want to do this. I absolutely mm. want to do this. I want to, like, do you remember Katori Lightblade? You remember that card? No. So Katori well, Lightblade. maybe when you tell me what it does, but. Katori Lightblade <laughs> is a uh, Voyage of the Sunken City legendary Paladin minion. Two mana, two, three, I believe. Uh, and anytime you cast a holy spell on another minion, you cast a copy on that. So Okay. In, See, yeah. ringing bells. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, or, no, it's whenever you cast a holy spell on it, it doubles on something else. Okay, backwards from what I thought. So we have two cheap holy spells in this set. We've got four Quel'Thalas, which is two mana holy spell. Give a friendly minion plus three attack and your hero plus two attack. That was revealed a while ago. And then we've got the Seal of Blood that you just talked about. If you some like if you Sanguine Soldier on one, the two one Divine Shield that damage your own hero, turn two Light Blade, turn three Seal of Blood, you have a five six Divine Shield and a five four Divine Shield on turn three. Now, pie in the sky, they probably remove some stuff, but if they don't and you curve out, those numbers are large. They're big numbers. If you hit a Liadrin that way, the new Blood Matriarch Liadrin, two mana, three, two, legendary, after you summon a minion with less attack than this, you give it Divine Shield and Rush. If you make her big and bubbly, then everything else you summon is going to be, gonna Every, be yeah. rushy bubbly, <laughs> and that's going to be very difficult to stick on the board. It feels really synergy intensive, but it, it's low to the ground. It damages yourself. It does not feel like what Paladin usually does, and I am here for it. Yeah, like it feels like the they're well, it feels like they're doing the things they normally do because paladins bubble. That's yes, that is true. The iconic paladin thing. So they're still bubbling, but they're doing it in this like roundabout, backwards, weird new mechanic way. New mechanic for for the paladin class, and I really like that about 
you know, just the design of these cards. And I had the same thought with um, the the new Leandrin card as I was just like, oh, you can make her so big and then everything, everything gets bubbles. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to love to play this and I'm going to hate to play against this because bubbles are one of the most annoying things in Hearthstone, I think. It's like, you already have a big minion. Do you really have to have me deal damage to it two different ways? Damn it. <laughs> What we've seen so far makes me both glad they nerfed Starfish to four mana and glad that Starfish is still around. Because Silence looks like it's granted Death Rattles and Divine Shields and stats in general are very vulnerable mm. to Silence. So I'm glad we have a way to do that if this is too good. And I'm glad that the answer itself isn't too good because Starfish at three mana will just turn off all the cool things we've seen. Yeah. I don't want that to yeah. happen. But if it gets too good, I want people to have an answer. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad Starfish is still around at four. Agreed. Do you want to talk about the other thing that paladins get to do, which is more dragons? Did you see this coming? I sure didn't. No, I did not. And uh, did you see this coming? <laughs> this is one of the wackiest text boxes I have seen, if not the number one. Like Sauslan said uh, when they did research that this was the most exciting text box in the set. Anachronos. Yeah. Seven mana, eight eight paladin, legendary dragon, battle cry, send all other minions two turns into the future. Banana. I had to read this like 18 times before I understood what that meant. And even then I had to go watch the, the reveal video because I was just like, I think I know. Do I really know? <laughs> so it's and it's it's really interesting because the two turns in the future is like counts your own turn it's not your enemy's two turns but it's kind of interesting because if they have like a board full of stuff it's gonna come back again but if they play anything onto the board like you can still have your minion summoning condition right so if you uh summon a bunch of stuff onto your board as the opponent who's had the dragon played against them, you have to kind of remember what's coming back and in what order, because if they don't fit, then they die forever. And and I think from the reveal video, it looked like they like poof crumble, not death rattle. So it's it's a very kind of interesting card. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance. To, so the functionality, it's, we'll talk about the functionality first. All right. Yeah. The most important thing, you all, you remember Reno the Relicologist, the hero. Or the Reno oh, hero, I do. The amazing Reno. Okay. The poof. So what this does, it poofs the minions for two turns, and then two turns later, they foop back. It's, <laughs> it's, you poof the out. poof and foop. <laughs> Correct. You poof out, you foop in. That's the most important thing to remember. Okay. So uh, it's kind of dormant. It's the same timing as how dormant works. Because like you said, it counts your own turn. So it's... You know when you draw a card at the start of your turn? The second time you do that after playing this is when they come back. So end turn, they take their turn, come back to mine, I draw a card. That's one. End turn, your turn, come back to me, draw a card. That's two. They all come back. My minions come, every minion comes back at the same time. My minions cannot attack unless they have rush or charge because they just came into play. When we pass the turn, their minions can attack because they were there in the start of the turn. However... If there's no space on their board, they never come back. They stay poofed. They never foop. So it's, <laughs> it's, you're, there's no death rattle. They're just gone. So that's the part that I think is hard to evaluate and very interesting. 
if this is played against you, do you develop or not? What do you do? Because if you had three, four minions in play, if you make another board, then this is just a gigafin. But if you don't make another board, then this is an 8-8 that made you skip two turns. It's not easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's also a 7-man 8-8. Well, and that's what I mean about, like, remembering even just, like, play order and what's going to get summoned back and trying to make yeah. those decisions as the person who, well, I guess as both players, because it does affect all minions. So um, I'm I'm assuming you're probably not going to want to poof your own board, but maybe you do. You never know. Uh, maybe you want to save something for later. Who knows? Brand, um, if you play, yeah, brand. if you play, if you poof your own Bran, when he foops back, you'll have 10 mana. And Bran, you know what you can do, Joss? No! <laughs> Dislike. Thumbs down. <laughs> it's, it's, a turn, it's a turn 12 combo. I'm not actually worried about it. But it's something you could do. That's the only scenario it, I can think of where you it, want to yeah. poof your own minion. Yeah. Um, so, but my, my point was, is like as the opponent who probably had a pretty full board to get the paladin to want to poof it then you have to kind of remember what order they're going to summon back in and then make that decision as to like how many spots on your board you take up. And, you know, you're probably going to be able to play bigger things because you're going to have more mana their later turns. So if you've got like the choice to make between, you know, um, something in the five, six range versus maybe one of your little like paladude tokens, then, you know, you want to play the card and make the big thing. But if that's going to prevent like an eight, eight from coming back, then you don't play the thing and you skip your turn. And I think it's kind of the, that kind of interesting counterplay that makes me really like this card because as the opponent yeah, your stuff goes away for two turns, but you have some decisions to make and you have some agency because they're going to come back. So I, I like that, you know, it's not a, a permanent poof. <laughs> it's got to have the foop. <laughs> yes, you, it's uh, fooping makes poofing more fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'd, I'd like it's just really cool. I don't know how it's going to play. I imagine that if you're a paladin and you're expecting the game to get at this point, you probably want to play this uh, because it just seems like an 88 that makes your opponent's stuff go away. And like, we like those, we take those. But yes. I have no idea how it's actually going to play. I'm excited to find out. I think Paladin got a really rad set. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have some other dragon cards that went along with it too. Uh, I didn't expect them. But, you know, when you have a bunch of time traveling dragons, sometimes they just show up. That's just a thing that happens. And it's not what I expected, but it's fun. They look fun. And there's some actual dragon support in the set. I'm about it. Cool. Yeah, I I particularly like the Time Warden because, again, we have some of these things that are kind of uh, persistent for a set amount of time as opposed to just like things that happen. So the Time Warden is a four mana, three, five battle cry until the end of your next turn. Dragons you summon gain taunt and divine shield. So not as long as this is on the board, it's not an aura, it's a thing that happens for a set amount of time. So if you play this, you know that you're going to be able to take advantage of it next turn, as opposed to, you know, it getting killed or whatever, or if your opponent can't deal with it, it's not this like crazy snowballing advantage. It's very much like a play that you can do without being over underpowered. Yeah. This turn or next turn, really like it. Um, I will also, I, I had trouble parsing this text. If you summon dragons, 
they don't lose taunt and divine shield at the end of your next turn uh it's any dragon summoned in this window get that text permanently uh it's it's a little funky to read because it it you could definitely read this as give them taunt and divine shield until the end of next turn until that's not what happens of, yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah i mean you get to play this on four and then maybe you play a bunch of dragons on five if that's something you can do uh and it's summon not play so you could use mm-hmm. it with flight of the bronze which is right here it's a one mana discover a dragon as a spell with mana thirst seven also get a five five drake with taunt so i think the the dream here is like you play time warden on six and then maybe amalgamate or something and then on turn seven you pop out a flight of the bronze you get a five five and another dragon to play right away mm-hmm yeah, so I think uh, you've got kind of two different ways to kind of play Paladin. I'm not sure if you smoosh all this stuff together in one deck, but it seems very much like there is a dragon-heavy deck to be had here. And then something that feels more aggressive and more kind of all-in early um, with all of these kind of uh, big buff self damage things like you're going to kill yourself or your opponent's going to kill you pretty fast <laughs> with a lot of those cards. But I think it's okay because you're also going to kill your opponent really fast. Like, th- this is an aggressive paladin play style, I feel. I like that one. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Disco Warlock? <laughs> it's also not what I expected to see, but kind of fun. <laughs> I feel like we're getting a lot of throwbacks, like we a lot of things that that used to that we used to do in these classes. They're they're making a comeback now, which must actually excite wild players to get some new tools for some old styles. Yeah, and if we're being honest, Knights of the Frozen Throne is the most popular set in Hearthstone history. I'm not saying it's the best, I'm saying it's the most popular because everybody goes crazy for Death Knights. It's like, it's just a class, or this is a character, the Lich King, like, just people go crazy for him. They love it. It's really rich in terms of lore and history within the game. Uh, It's probably the biggest story in the game is that of the Lich King. People go crazy for it. And so, referencing that stuff, it's, Team 5 needs the set to do well. And I think it will, and it looks really fun, and I want to play with the cards. But it's also very important for them for a lot of reasons. They are, year over year, the fourth quarter of this year is competing with the fourth quarter of last year, which had the mercenaries release. And regardless of what you think about mercenaries, it made a bunch of money when it was, when it came out. And then they had this year where they spent a bunch of money on it and didn't make a bunch of money. So, you know, you are competing against yourself in a way budget wise. In addition, there is a looming acquisition and they need to make sure that they sell some packs for Christmas. So I am unsurprised there are some throwbacks here. However, these do not look uninspired. These do not look like just create a bunch of cards just so people will remember it and buy the nostalgia. These look fun and cool and interesting. But I'm unsurprised that there are throwbacks in uh, in a Lich King set. We have even similar payoffs here. Because you remember, before they printed Hand of Gul'dan, the payoffs for discarding were throw something away to deal some damage, throw something away to summon a minion, and have big things that throw stuff away for me. And there's also uh, the equivalent of in core. Jeklik is in core. For those of you that don't know Jeklik, I'll remind you because it's not safe. <laughs> me? <but> yeah. <laughs> it, it was a four mana, three, five. Warlock taunt with lifesteal, I think. 
had one of those two. Um, and when you discard it, you get two copies in your hand. High Priestess this checkbook. Taunt vaguely ringing a bell. Yeah, they had to buff it. It was a four-minute three-four. They made it a three-five. When you discard it, you get two copies in your hand. So discard to get something back. Discard to deal damage and discard to summon something. That's the same as Silverware Golem, Fist of Jaraxxus, and Clutch Mother Zavis. Instead, we have High Priestess Jeklik, Soul Barrage, and Walking Dead. So very evocative of those same notes. Instead of Doom Guard, we have Savage Ymirjar. I hope that's right. It probably isn't. <laughs> it's Y M I R J A R. Imirjar? Imirjar. Imirjar, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> We've been playing God of War. It's probably Imager. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, five mana, seven, seven, undead, rush, battle cry, discard two cards. So instead of a five, seven charge, it's a seven, seven rush. It is big. Charge is better, but also they probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, that'd be bad. I mean, it'd be good, but it'd well, be bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing that we want to be doing. How do you feel about about seeing Disco again and how they did it? I mean, I I think it was a really cool deck. It was always this like high risk, high reward play style. And I feel like we weren't doing it for all that long. So I'm totally fine with it coming back. And I think, you know, these it's always very interesting mechanics with, um, like you say, the the discard payoff cards so like the the soul barrage, like five mana, you don't want to pay five mana to deal six damage, but it can just sit in your hand until you put a seven seven on board. And then it's a seven seven with rush that deals six damage randomly among all enemies. Like, hey, that's, that's pretty insane. Good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. that's so powerful. And you might get a two five as well. Like, <laughs> who knows? Um, I think that there's uh, a lot of really cool synergies here and, and a lot of... Um, a lot of design that I like because I like the slime too. Um, so it's a five mana five three battle cry discard a random undead. So um, targeted discard. So it is a technically random discard, but it's discarding an undead. So if you only have one undead in your hand, you know exactly what you're getting rid of. And then when it dies and it's a five three, so it's going to die pretty quickly probably but it's going to take something with it you get a bonus and you get to summon a copy of whatever it is that you discarded so you know you're basically giving like getting whatever it was back again and if you can if there are we haven't obviously seen all of the undeads but if there are like really big really crazy undead minions you can put with this slime then you could be like death rattle summon a 10 10 with reborn because it's undead <laughs> they do that <laughs> i'm glad they didn't reprint colossus of the moon because that would be probably too good here <laughs> um but yeah this is so this is interesting to me because this was packaged with the other discard cards but this does not really fit in the same deck this is something else this is a uh skull of the minari right you're playing this when you want to do something cheaty and evil Mm. And faster than you're this supposed to do it. This does feel very cheaty and evil. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it is a death rattle. It's, it depends on what's in your hand, of course. Uh, it's silenceable. It's a minion in play, not a weapon that just goes off every turn. Uh, but this can get something that's not supposed to be in play on turn five or six in play on turn five or six. And that's uh, probably worth exploring. Like, uh, this almost gives me cube feels. <laughs> 
and it's, I hated Cube. <laughs> I think so it I'm is hoping not that too I far like off. This more than I more than Cube. I and you know again, I think that Cube specifically at that time in the meta, like Hearthstone, is a different game now. So I think I can get behind a Cube like card without totally raging. But at the time, it felt like. Everything and everyone was cubing me, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it's so. There's a there's a card in Martial Arts King, a neutral. I'm gonna try and say this without laughing. Flesh Behemoth. Um, <laughs> thank you. You got me covered. Uh, it's a nine mana four eight taunt. Death rattle. Draw another undead and summon a copy of it. Imagine you pitch this to slime. Eat your slime with a grimoire. Summon your flesh behemoth from your slime. (laughs) (laughs) And then that dies and you draw something else, like anything else. Seems pretty powerful. Seems pretty strong. Um, Abominable Lieutenant is an undead. That's That's the one that eats a minion the other side of the board every turn. I don't know. It's... This is a different thing than the other discard cards, but I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I have maybe potentially some concerns, but we'll have to see. Let's see what undead they print. Yeah, we haven't seen all the undeads, and I think that's the big question mark here. And this is also the first card that has made me go... We have to see the rest of the set. Like, normally we're doing that all through reveal season, but uh, we haven't really had to do that because of the package reveals. So, like, this is the first card that's made me go, I have feelings, but those feelings are going to really kind of rely on what other undeads there are, and we haven't seen them all yet. So, (laughs) question mark, it might be okay, or it might be rage-inducing. I don't know. (laughs) So, and we only have five more cards that could possibly add to this pool, because we've seen every neutral, and we only have five Warlock cards to go. So, we know almost all of them. That's true. The best ones we've seen, like, the best thing I can think of to summon is flesh behemoth like maybe invincible you could summon bone lord frost whisper but i don't Mm. think you want to do that probably not (laughs) and the rest are all not that expensive like it's they're not that cheaty so there are only five possible slots for them to print something that breaks this card and i'm guessing they probably designed around not breaking it right away fingers crossed fingers crossed But i I understand your concern because this cheats a lot of mana it does. Uh, all right. Is there anything else that you would like to chat about before we take a moment, thank our sponsor and take some emails? Let's do those things. All right. Then uh, we will be back right after this ad. Have you started shopping for the holidays yet? No? Why not? You can shop right now without leaving the comfort of your frozen throne, skip the stress, and snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love, premium audio products from Raycon. When you're looking for a gift everyone needs or a stocking stuffer that's not a candle for once, Raycons are the way to go. Their wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound, useful features, and almost custom, comfortable fit, and up to 54 hours of battery life. And as the person gifting them, you've got to love that they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. Plus, 
Raycon makes it easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life. Or who doesn't love knocking that list out all at once and getting 30% off by shopping Raycon's holiday bundles? Personally, I'm a fan of the Audio Lover Bundle. You can't go wrong with the everyday earbuds and they come with the everyday headphones for those on your list that prefer the over-the-ear experience. Everyone needs a pair of Raycons in their ears, whether it's for listening to your favorite podcast, taking work calls, or blasting your playlist and singing along. You know what everyone doesn't need? Two little white stems hanging out of their ears. Luckily, Raycons are sleek and stylish and come in a range of colors to match anyone's style. You can find Raycons in stores now like Kohl's or Walmart, but let me tell you, you're always going to get the best deal when you use our special link, buyraycon.com slash tack. The Raycon website also offers buy now, pay later options. So right now, go to buyraycon.com slash TAC and use the code EARLYBF to get 20% off site-wide. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens. Or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash TAC for 20% off your Raycon purchase. We thank them for their support and we thank you for supporting the brands that support the Angry Chicken. Hello. Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com. You can tag us over on Twitter or send us messages in our patron Discord questions channel like Mike, a.k.a. The Village did. Uh, Mike writes in and says the mega bundle has been $80 for 80 packs as long as I can remember that plus saved up gold would basically get you the whole set. The last couple of years, they've added 20 more cards to get but to get by adding two new classes into the game. I think all the cosmetics are cool and two free legendaries are still nice and the free core set may come into play, but I want more packs. <laughs> $80 for 90 packs seems reasonable now that there are more cards to collect. This time it includes the Path of Arthas set, which is fine, but in the future I'd like to see more packs added to the Mega Bundle to make up for having to collect 20 more cards per expansion. TLDR, do you think it's time we rethink bundles? I love the <laughs> we. <laughs> do you think it's time we rethink bundles with now 11 classes, more cards to collect, and mini sets not being new anymore? There are definitely a lot more cards. <laughs> and yeah. I think that, like, I mean, it's going to be a hard sell to get 80 like to change that ratio, I guess, like to to change it from 80, $80 for 80 packs. Like, I mean, you might see the bundle go up to 90 or $100 for 90 or 100 packs, but I don't really foresee that ratio changing. I don't think we're going to see $80 and have 100 packs in a mega bundle. So fun fact, Joss, we have seen that before. I looked it up. Descent of Dragons. Okay. Was $80 for 100 DOD card packs, the Deathwing Warrior Hero, the Shattering card back, a random Descent of Dragons Golden Legendary card, and early access to the new game mode Hearthstone Battlegrounds. <laughs> yes. Okay, so wait, so wait, it was 100 cards. 100 packs. 
Right. Yeah. Sorry. Hundred packs, packs and one then... legendary, and BGs. Right. And BGs. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting eighty packs, and then we've had since BGs launched a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. So so we've gotten, you know, now we're getting Path of Arthas. But before we were getting um, the the BG's Tavern Pass, there was Merc stuff mixed in there that I never paid attention to. There were uh, arena tickets, <laughs> I think, at yeah. some point. <laughs> There's always been like added value. And they started doing, I think it was this year, but maybe it was late last year, five golden packs. Um, and they do... Mm. Two golden legendaries now, not just one. And this time around, it will be uh, signature legendaries. The, two the signature fancy, legendaries. fancy schmancy ones. <laughs> yes. Um, they've experimented with the ratio in the past. I think this particular Mega Mundle is high value. It's, And I do think the golden packs also are valuable. Like it, People like those. I like those. Um, especially like with the upgrade things. to signature. <laughs> uh, but... I think this is a reasonable question. I think it's reasonable to say, hey, you're you're adding cards and also adding mini set. I'd like my dollar to go a little further. I think that's reasonable. I don't know. We're pretty. I think I guess I can say we're out of touch with the economics, right? I think that's fair because, I mean, even like way, 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 way back in the day when bundles first started to be a thing. And we weren't getting any any freebies from Blizzard, which I think we're pretty open about when we do or don't get pre-order bundles and everything else. Um, but I think that uh, even way, way back in the day, I've been so in- invested in Hearthstone that it's like whatever it is, it pops up however many times a year. And I push the buy button and like it did. I do remember it getting to a point when they introduced the two bundles where it was like the second or third time of the two bundle pre-order that I was like, oh man, like I'm spending, especially when the Canadian dollar is not doing so hot. I'm like, I'm spending the better part of $200 on Hearthstone every three to four months. Um, And that was even pre-mini sets. Um, So it was the kind of thing where I was, it was this like... Uh, probably i was gonna say sweet spot but i mean it was a sweet spot for blizzard much less my wallet so but it was a sweet spot for blizzard where like there were just these like big huge expenses every few months and i know i started to really notice it but since then i've absolutely become a little bit kind of um divorced from that because i've only had to get like one bundle or cosmetics or like it's felt very much optional for me in the last couple of years thanks to blizzard giving us some some codes so i mean i i would say it's fair that we're not the target audience for this question <laughs> like <laughs> it's we listen to people that explain to us uh how it feels all the time and it's we're really really grateful to get that feedback um I usually have the set done on day one, um, but there are a lot of people that aren't in that situation, and I'd want to make sure that I could recommend Hearthstone in good faith, mm-hmm. knowing that getting into this game 
they've made a lot of progress for new and returning players. A lot of progress. They've made a lot of progress. Yeah, I had a friend who just came back to Hearthstone um, and has been away for, I think it's been, I think he said it's been like a couple years. Um, but anyways, got 75 packs, 150 packs, I think, all together because they were 75 from two different um, bunches. And then also had the whole like new deck experience where you get to do the loner decks for a week and then choose one to add to your collection. Like there's definitely a lot of value there for new and well, specifically returning players. Um, they, they've definitely come like leaps and bounds. Like I was saying to him, I was like, he was asking me all different things, but like, Oh, what do I do? What do I choose? How do I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen these screens. Like, I don't know what buttons you press. I've never seen that before. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, they've definitely done a lot of things to make that new player returning player experience a lot better and a lot easier on the wallet. Um, but yeah, that doesn't mean Hearthstone necessarily as a game is is easy on the wallet and you want that to be accessible and affordable and recommendable. Um, that being said, obviously, things like magic are way more expensive. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, like Hearthstone um, doesn't necessarily live in the same world as magic. Right. It's a CCG, not a TCG. So it's. Magic is the poster child for something that you couldn't really do in a video game most of the time. Um, Hearthstone is an expensive video game and a cheap card game. Uh, so there's... Yeah, they're riding that very fine line. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, listen, we're here to advocate for the consumer. More stuff, better. I don't know what their data says. Uh, as far as how far these bundles go and about what it takes to be competitive. I know that when we talk to people, they often feel like they have to make the choice of spending a bunch of money or being pretty limited. I I do think it's important to call out the core is a huge deal, getting people started. The loner deck system that they added this patch is really, really great, giving people free decks. They just kind of throw stuff at you. Mm -hmm. But staying engaged is expensive. And you have to give them your time, your money, or both. If there's any advice I can give to new players, do your dailies, do your weeklies. I have 11,000 gold right now from just doing dailies and weeklies. And I just save it up and buy the new set right away. And it's a lot of packs. Um, but if you don't do that... I think between the dailies, weeklies, and the rewards track now, too. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm in the, the infinite gold part of it. In theory, I have the bug that won't let me grab the portrait. So <laughs> I'm just accumulating levels I can't see. So, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed that yeah. that gold comes into my account at some point. But uh, anyways, it's it's very much like I'm in that infinite gold part and it adds up really quickly because I also, again, I had COVID for a month and, and didn't engage with any games, not just with Hearthstone and missed a whole ton of time and missed a whole bunch of weeklies and they don't accumulate behind like the Battlegrounds ones do. So oh, I wish you they know, did like, that so badly. Right? Oh man, it's, it would have been so good. That might be the best econ change they can make. If yeah. they did mission stacking, if they did stacking in Constructed, it would be a huge, huge deal. And it, yeah, it doesn't have to cost them anything. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, all that being said, and I did the same thing as you. I accumulate all my gold and then blow it on packs day one. Um, and I buy the mini set. But I still have, like, 7,000 gold right now, I think. 
Um, and, and I missed a month. <laughs> so it is, um, I, I mean, like there, there is a lot to be kind of gained by interacting with the system. But like you said, it costs you money or it costs you time, right? Like I, I play every day, so it's costing me time and they're paying me back in, in packs later on, basically. <laughs> yeah. So I, we've danced around this question. I would like for people to get more stuff so we can talk about the game yes. more with them. I do think there is something to be said for it. They're, they've made progress here, but yeah, the game is getting more expensive because they keep adding cards, and that by definition makes it expensive. Throw five more packs in. Whatever. Throw ten more in. It's $80 should get you a good bit, and I am certain that people are more likely to buy packs if they're close to a deck than if they're far from a deck. I do that all the time. I like I'll be one or two cards away from finishing a deck and then I'll go buy, you know, 10 packs, either hoping to hit a legendary or getting enough dust from dusting those packs to to craft the legendary that I need. Because it's always the legendary, right? <laughs> you never yeah. you're never missing that one rare. <laughs> well, epics are weird. Epics are in the middle yeah, ground where they are feel weird. awful yeah. to craft. And sometimes you'll open like 100 packs and you'll go for an epic and be missing two of them. It's like, what do I do? That's 800 dust. Like, it's half a legendary to make epics that I feel like I should have opened. They're in that weird spot where sometimes you have yeah. all of them and sometimes you're missing a bunch. Um, but yeah, it's... That was something that I... My my Blizzard purchase history tells me that I used to do that a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you never, ever open that account history hat. What are you doing? <laughs> I did Only once sadness and now... There. <laughs> now I, like, I don't regret it, but I, I'm not going to look at it. Um... Before we get into our final question, we have a little bit of breaking news here that uh, I think is important enough to mention because uh, Joss and I have taken turns being distracted by it. Um, So we found out it was announced about 40 minutes ago that on January 23rd, 2023, uh, Blizzard will no longer be operating in China, that their agreement with NetEase expired. They're the company that operates Blizzard's games there. Uh, They were unable to, here's the quote, the two parties have not reached a deal to renew the agreements that is consistent with Blizzard's operating principles and commitments to players and employees. And the agreements are set to expire in January 2023. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to try and analyze this because I am not a a business person or a geopolitical (laughs) scholar or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but it sounds like that there were requests to Blizzard from NetEase that were beyond what was a reasonable expectation. But this seems like a huge deal because that's the probably the biggest market for Blizzard. I do expect to get worked out, and it's possible that it might be due to the Microsoft acquisition. Like, I don't know how that impacts things, but I'm guessing there will be some renegotiation there. But still, it's for this to be an official press release seems like a big deal. Yeah, I feel like you... I mean, maybe they want to put pressure on NetEase. Like, you don't really know which direction the negotiations broke down from or, you know, who made the big ask. So I, I don't really want to, to speculate there. But I think that, um, yeah, again, not a business analyst people, but um, I, I can't. You kind of can't remove the Microsoft piece from the equation right like that's got a factor in somewhere and whether they've officially acquired them yet or not i feel like it's still gotta be a consideration 
and they wouldn't want to do anything that would sour that acquisition deal. Right? Yeah, it's your logic makes sense. I am hesitant yeah. to <laughs> to comment further on it because like for some reason people listen to us and take us seriously. You shouldn't do that here. We have no idea. <laughs> we either. don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um with that being said, uh Netties has been the partner for 15 years there. It's it's gosh, I don't know. I don't it's like this makes me a little spooked. Because that's a lot of money that's coming into Blizzard. That it's seems like it's going to so not do that. so much money. Yeah. Though, I did read good news. Diablo Immortal, separate agreement. They're going to keep going. So, that's going to keep happening. Is that good news? <laughs> For somebody. Yeah. I think that... Um, and uh, Randy in the chat room is saying uh, it's going to get worked out. Announcement deadline is leverage in negotiations, which is kind of where my head went to is to say, like, to put out a public statement. And it's, it's you know, a couple of months still before the deadline because we're halfway through November and it's in January, right? So, and, and of course, there are a couple of big holidays on the U.S. side of things. But um, I think that there, it's definitely the kind of thing where it feels like they might want to generate some pressure on the other party to kind of work things out because I'm sure that there's going to be lots of gamers in China really upset that they're going to lose access to, you know, Hearthstone, Warcraft, whatever. Um, obviously, in our case, we're thinking Hearthstone specifically. And it's it is like they they are such a huge partner at, to the point that like Chinese Hearthstone is different than everybody else's Hearthstone. Like, NetEase is so in control over there. Like, I remember they had, like, super crazy advanced, like, features in, that were basically, like, tournament mode and spectator mode on steroids. <laughs> and we're yeah, like, why don't we have on. these tools? Yeah, like, why don't we have these tools over here? And the answer is NetEase. So, and, you know, the Chinese tournaments have always been separate and they, they usually, like, play and qualify through a different system the gold series instead of going through what the rest of the world goes through to qualify for um the like big end of year hearthstone tournaments totally blanking on what i like i have world series in my head and i'm like i know that is wrong <laughs> uh, gold series. yeah probably because i have worlds and gold series and it's yes. smooshing together into world series but anyways um yeah they have always been very separate and managed by netties so i mean that like that must be just absolutely crazy for for Chinese Hearthstone players right now. So I'm sure it is a public pressure thing that they're announcing that negotiations have broken down and they now kind of want us to be like, um, fix it, please. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll get worked out before it actually finishes up, before the contract is actually done, done. Yes. Um, so we're bringing this up now because we will probably hear more about it. Um, if you want to know what this means, go listen to qualified people. But, you know, uh, we're... But we tried. It's, we tried. We tried, and we made sure that you knew, so that you can try too. And if you are a qualified person, then uh, tweet at us. I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> Let us know if we are right or wrong, so that we can inform Angry Chicken listeners next week. Uh, we do have one more email though, and we've we have been alluding to it all night. We cannot, we cannot skip past this email. So, Hat, who does our final email come to us from tonight? Final email from Hachi Kumo. With Death Knight specializing in minions dying, do you think Sire Daddy D is ready to be nerfed for the expansion to shine? And I know 
want to talk about this all episode. So, Josh, what do you think? I imagine that we will see a nerf to Sire Denathrius before the the start of the next expansion. I think that uh, we might see him only able to target minions. Like, that's a potential change I can see. Um, they could make him cost 12 mana. They could, obviously that is sarcasm, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think they do have to change it. Like they, they have to, because even just like him on his own was like game ending, game changing, uh, in the show matches today. And like we've said, the show matches are not going to be necessarily exactly what the ladder looks like. It's DKs versus DKs. So there's going to be some flexibility there. But there was a lot of Denathrius. And especially like Hachikumo said, with the specialization in minions dying and the corpse generating hero power, that is, and actually Hat, you said it earlier on today too, is that there's a lot of um, undead stuff, reborn stuff, corpse stuff with death knights, unholy as well. Like all of this stuff really feeds in death rattles and everything else feeds into infuse very, very, very well. And that's going to allow some of the cards that have infuse as a keyword, but haven't shone yet, see some play in some other classes and some other decks, which is really interesting. But there are infuse cards that have already seen play. And we need to be particularly careful with the neutral ones because Death Knights can make use of those and, you know, classes that are specializing in minion based decks and death rattles and reborns and everything else can make use of those infuse cards. And I don't want it like I think the Hearthstone standard community in general is tired of Denathrius. I don't want that to overshadow everything else that's going to happen on day one. So I think he is reached the point of problematic and needs to be changed before the expansion comes out before lich king comes out yeah they won't do that though but they should like i really think they need to (laughs) i think they so they have that window two weeks after launch i don't think it needs to be immediate theatar is the one we had this uh very similar argument with theatar right where Mm -hmm. the thing we were worried about is the cool thing getting yanked out of your hand denathrius is slower it's turn 10 the hope is there's other stuff to do to end games similar at a similar speed or faster that Denathrius does not dominate the standard experience. There are other game enders. There are other things to do. The games are over before turn 10. He's something for slower decks to do. That's the hope, right? But like, cause I got to clarify, I'm a long time Denathrius defender. I like it when games end. I like it when people do powerful things and games end. And Denathrius is in like two of the top 10 decks right now. It's not really the same way that you end games. Uh, It's not really something that you should expect to dominate your standard experience unless you really like playing slower stuff. But the idea of, well, just make things faster so we don't see him as often is not what a lot of players want to hear if they want to play those slower games. And there are a lot of people excited to play Alexandrus Mograine. And Denathrius is going to come up way more often for them too often to the point where you have to run patchwork and six minute theater just so you don't die to it that shouldn't be what you have to do it needs to be a less frequent experience i don't think it's too good i think it's too commonly seen but you have to make people play less of it just the same way they had to nerf theater to make people play less of it if they could only nerf the play rate then they would but you can't 
make a card less played without changing how it functions. Yeah. Th- they have to make it less appealing because people aren't going to give it up. I I don't think it'll be too good. It'll just be too boring. Yeah, I think too a lot of the decks that are like playing and finishing with Denathrius are also decks that are going to be running Renathal a lot of the time, right? So it's like you're not only getting this massive heal when you get Denathrius down if he's not ending games anyways, but then you also have this massive health pool as well. So saying kill them faster, it's like sometimes you just can't. Like they've already got that bonus 10 health. So then if they're then playing Denathrius even just to heal up, like that is, you know, crushing to an aggro deck too. I think if we were still living in a 30 health Hearthstone world, sure, Denathrius as he is is probably fine because you're going to kill them before turn 10 a lot of times as an as a more aggressive deck. And I think that's okay. We don't live in a 30 card Hearthstone world anymore. We live in a 40 card Hearthstone world with an increased health pool. And I think that that is making it so that you get to Denathrius and you heal out of range of anything that's supposed to counter him. And they might have to hit Renathal too because you're right. This is a, the start and end of those games is the same in every class that does them. Because there are, I can't think of any deck that does one but not the other. Maybe Zoo, non-cursed Zoo, is the only 30-card deck that plays Denathrius that I can think of. But otherwise, the game starts with a prince and ends with a king. It's like, it's always just how it goes. You see the (laughs) pop-up, see the extra 10 life, and then the end of the game... Toast to all those that tried to kill me. And uh, that's just how it goes. It's You can't have the start and end of every game be defined by a neutral from last set. So I wouldn't be surprised if both of those get nudged. Because if I'm playing a slower deck, I can't justify not running Denethrys. Mm-hmm. Even if I want to do something else. Even if I have something else that's good. If I'm going to turn 10, why wouldn't I play it? And that probably means they need to make it less appealing, make it more of a choice. It had its time in the sun. I don't think it's too powerful, but I think it needs to be seen less often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's, that that's fair, and I think that the combo is, it, you know, one or the other needs to, to get changed. And I do think, I'm glad that they printed Renathal. I think yeah. he's very interesting. I think that, you know, the, the trade-off of consistency for a little bit more health, I think that was a really cool idea, and I'm glad that they did it. Um, but I think I'm over it now. <laughs> And, you know, like Hearthstone was 30 health and, you know, whether I mean, that's how it was originally designed. That's how a lot of cards are are balanced to to work in a 30 health world. And so I don't know, there's just there's something about Renathal that um, is really off putting. And I feel like they probably tested when Hearthstone was made a whole bunch of different health pools and 30s where they landed as a feel good spot. So yeah, I think I'm okay with, um, even if, the, like, I mean, I've also seen people throw around uh, Genbaku that, you know, they should just be rotated an entire year early, which I feel like is maybe an extreme reaction, but uh, did want to throw it out there because it is an option I've seen the community mention, so. Yeah, and they did that with Genbaku because there's literally no way to nerf him. Yeah. So if Renathal was 40 cards, no health, some people would still do that, and it would not be good. So <laughs> there's a range there. It, I think Renathal, so two weeks into the patch, if there are a lot of Renathrius decks still around, 
<laughs> right? There's a lot of those still around. Denethal decks. That's faster. I like that more. Um, nerf, Den- nerf Denny somehow. And make Renathal 35 health. 40 cards still. But 35 health. But 35 health. It's because it's make the advantage a little bit less appealing where you're only doing it if you're really committed to the bit, not because you feel like you have to. 35 and 40 is much worse than 40-40. But some people still just want to have more cards. Let them. But make me still able to kill them and make it, you know, make the drawback more significant. Just make the, the deal a little worse. With Denathrius, there are a bunch of different ways to nerf him. Infuse to... Uh, the, only the damage has lifesteal, uh, start the damage at one instead of at five. You could do all sorts of stuff. You could even just take mm-hmm. lifesteal off the card. A lot of ways to do it. I don't think it has to be today, but two weeks into the patch, if they're everywhere, I would be surprised if they dodged. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we don't really kind of have traditionally nerfs in this period in the kind of reveal season. So, I mean, I... I agree with you that timing wise and you know all historical evidence points to you know a couple weeks after so um yeah i guess that's i i agree with you that's probably when we'll see it i really i don't know i wish that we'd see it before because honestly like i just i don't want to get day one daddy deed i don't yeah <laughs> and it's gonna happen i'm gonna be mad about it it is gonna happen <laughs> especially it's- with blood dk especially with blood dk so yeah i wonder with Demon Hunter, they did nerf faster. And I'm not saying server-side nerf. Anyone that tells you server-side nerf, don't listen to them ever. Because that is, <laughs> it's such a huge problem for everybody, including the players, because the cards don't match what they say in the client. But they're probably capable and set up to nerf faster with a new class because they know they might need to. If it's a one-week nerf and they only hit a couple cards, that might be okay. Like, if it's two weeks, okay, we're starting to push it, but at least it's before the holidays, fine. If it's after the holidays, I think they're going to get a lot of pushback on that. Mm. If they have a one-week nerf period, I think I'm totally cool. Because they already hit Theotar. They did hit Theotar, and I'm glad they did that. Yep, that's fair. All right, well, so much for our... Oh, there's not very many cards this week. Maybe this is going to be a shorter episode episode. I didn't <laughs> even say that air, this time. We give up. <laughs> but we are done now. This is it. We are done. Uh, Attack is supported by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. Becoming a TAC patron gives you access to the TAC Discord as well as some other perks. As I mentioned, our Marvel Snap episode has now gone into the main feed So please do let us know whether it is through email or Discord or Twitter, what you thought of our Marvel Snap content. Wanted to say a very big thank you to our Patreon producers, Dustin C. and Jarrett F. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You can follow us over on Twitter at TAC Podcast and catch our live show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Hat. Where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me at twitter.com slash ridiculous hat. The site seems to still be running somehow. Uh, that's the hub <laughs> of my Hearthstone content. I also do two other Hearthstone podcasts. Coin Concede, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. And Vicious Syndicate, a, uh, a data-driven look at the high-level legend metagame. Joss, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. Please do go check out The Gamers In. It is my general gaming podcast. We are currently raising money for Extra Life. It is a charity that raises money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. We're about halfway, just over halfway past our team goal. Uh, I'm actually also about halfway to my individual goal. Um, so if you can drop a couple dollars over there, every little bit helps. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 to do that. Um, we're not sure what's happening next week. We're uh, we're Wednesday night before weird American middle of the week Thanksgiving. So <laughs> we do Thursday here. I don't know. That's how it is. So we're going to figure it out. We're going to try and get you some content next week. But yeah, it's uh, I, obviously this is my fault because Josh's Thanksgiving happened in October at a responsible time. And mine is right in the middle of reveal season. On a yeah. On a day that's adjacent to a weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, we just we just take that week and just cut half of it off and the other half is not very productive. Yeah. So uh, so, yeah, we're not sure what's going to happen next week, but uh, we will try to get something out, uh, whether we record a little bit earlier. or Maybe I'll just do a solo show. I'll just sit here and talk to myself for two hours. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to do I'd that. Listen. that would be, no one That'd would be listen. Fun. No one should listen. I would that listen. would be awful. <laughs> I would I would download it. <laughs> all right but yeah so we are hopefully gonna have something for you guys next week but if we for some reason don't talk to you i hope all of our american friends do have a wonderful thanksgiving and until next time job's done job's done Job's done.